Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Hey, 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 it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. It's morphin' time. Today on the Power Hour, episode 89, Rangers Movie Hype with Victims and Villains Podcast. Record on March 6th, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, listeners. In preparation for the Power Rangers movie launching at the time of your listening to this podcast in about a little over a week, we are crossing over with the Victims and Villains podcast, and I'd like to introduce my co-host and host for the Victims and Villains podcast, Josh Berkey. Hey, Josh. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? I am doing great. I am ready to talk all about Power Rangers. I love talking to people that I haven't interacted with before, find out their story about Power Rangers fandom, how they got into it, what's their experiences. So very excited to have you on the show today. Man, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that this movie is finally here. I feel like I've been waiting for so long just to get to actually see this movie and they just dropped a clip of it tonight the yeah. first explosion of like alpha 5 and i was just like <laughs> in heaven oh man yeah we are actually recording this on uh, march 6 but this episode will release on march 18th so today they did launch the worldwide ticket sales for the movie through amc fandango cinemark pretty much anywhere and everywhere we've got links on our site where you can purchase tickets but yeah they released some new posters today which were fantastic did you get to yeah, see those? Yeah, I didn't I did not actually get to see those. I saw the Alpha 5 clip that they had released and that was about it. I went to actually try and get my tickets this morning and the theater that we go to here in town, me and my wife, it's more of a family-owned business, so mm-hmm. they don't actually have the tickets up yet and I'm kind of bummed about that, but <laughs> No. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'll give it a week, then they should have them up. But yeah, check out rangercommand.com. We've got all the posters there. They're pretty sweet. But today we are going to be talking about the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Yes. Released 22 years ago at this point. But first, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Victims and Villains podcast? Cool. So the Victims and Villains podcast is a podcast unlike anything else that we have come across in our journeys of podcasting as fans and as hosts. We are a suicide prevention nerd news podcast. So what we do is we talk about all the current topics in film and comics while raising awareness of hope for those that are struggling with suicide, addiction, depression, and self-harm. In 2017, this is our second year as a podcast. What we've really been trying to do is trying to do more conventions, trying to do more speaking engagements, trying to take what we do 
past being a podcast and really start a movement of hope, if you will. That's essentially our heart. That's what we do. The podcast is all about the nerd culture and all about hope uh, nice. that people think does but doesn't exist. But there is hope out there. And our website is we're in the process of redoing it right now. But currently, there's a whole bunch of links that uh, you can get plugged into with local counselors, suicide prevention lifeline, and to actually get direct with us to give you listening ears. So that's who we are as a podcast. And that's what our heart is. It's excellent, man. I think it's a great thing that you're doing spreading hope because because there's a lot of people out there, especially nerd culture. When I was a kid, I was made fun of for the things that I loved. There's lots of depression and things that we all deal with. But to know that there's a voice out there, there's people that are willing to listen. I think that's a great message. And really, that's a lot about what Power Rangers is about. It's about teamwork, acceptance, all of those things. Yeah, and I didn't realize that until, like, so in preparation for the movie, I've been going back and rewatching the episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and I didn't realize it kind of at the time as a kid, but Power Rangers kind of almost gives you value, life values, if you will, as mm -hmm. kids growing up, and just even some of the stuff that they would teach, whether, you know, it was don't bully, or don't litter, or clean up the park, it was just all these little life lessons that you really wouldn't think would be in a show like this, but they blend it and made it so fun and, and unique at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So, what's your background with Power Rangers? Did you grow up with it? I absolutely grew up with Power Rangers. Power Rangers was a terrible influence on me as a kid. <laughs> I um, think it was for a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I don't know how many times I had to go into timeout or have my Power Rangers stuff taken away or be punished for Power Rangers. So I grew up in Baltimore and my family, my mom's side of the family is in Hanover, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour and a half drive. And every time we would go up and see them on holidays, I was always showcasing moves that I had learned from Power Rangers. <laughs> and people got hurt. So I got in trouble. But yeah, I've grown up in Power Rangers. Nice. Um, and I, have you kept up with the current series or more of a I, NPR enthusiast? I watched it up until probably turbo and then i kind of mm. got out of it and i started getting back more into it probably over the last four years nice. um i kind of walked away from geek culture then i picked up this little book called watchmen and it kind of <laughs> re-blossomed everything for me so i got back into power rangers as a whole and i've only seen a couple episodes but from what i've seen of this new series that they got the ninja steel i'm actually mm. really liking it oh cool i think i've been <laughs> a little more jaded with some past recent seasons but i'm glad you're enjoying it it's really cool but yeah, overall, the movie, this new movie, this new resurgence, I think it's going to do great things for the franchise, and I'm really hoping that this movie does well, because that's going to be taking the franchise another 25 years, because the 25th anniversary is next year, which is crazy to even think about. I want to see a Zed in this universe. Oh, yeah. I would love to see their movie take on Zed because I feel that would just be super intense, especially with all the crazy designs that they've got going on in this movie. Yeah, I really liked the power slash rangers that they did a couple years ago. Mm hmm. 
And I just love the grit and the darkness of it and just the, the wear that they had been kind of going on. And it felt like with that first trailer that we were going to get that with this new movie. And then the second trailer came out and it was kind of switching tones. Sure. But they do need a Zed in this universe, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully this movie does well enough that we're able to continue this movie franchise and keep engaging the fandom and help new people explore this great universe because Power Rangers is just all over the place and there's something for everyone if you want to watch a tech-based season or something with magic in it a little bit more mystical power rangers has a season for that thing so it's pretty cool but we're here to talk about the original mighty Morphin power rangers the movie we actually did a commentary episode a couple years ago for the 20th anniversary our 45th episode so we'll have uh, links to that but like i said in that show i totally remember going to the movies to see the original Power Rangers movie. I remember going with my dad, probably on a Saturday or something, the opening weekend, and I remember watching the movie. My dad cracked up at all of Ivan Ooze's lines. <laughs> Paul Freeman did such a great job in that role. But yeah, it was June 30th, 1995, so that was actually three days before my 13th birthday. That's dating me a bit, but yeah, I was into Power Rangers. I got into it when I was 11, when the show first came out, and the movie solidified everything for me. It was just such a awesome spectacle on the screen. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I actually didn't get to see this in theaters. I was a little young when this had come out. I do remember seeing turbo theaters and that's that movie scared me as a child <laughs> it was probably um, larigo that's what <laughs> i i went back and rewatched it recently and i was like i don't understand why i was terrified of this but i i remember <laughs> watching it when it came out on vhs i got it for christmas and dear god did i wear that thing out oh man <laughs> yeah the power rangers movie it was awesome i loved the second season of the show and when the white ranger debuted and actually we are doing a crossover so for those listening this is the first part of the crossover the second part of the crossover will be on the victims and villains podcast and we'll actually be talking about white light and i just remember loving like the white ranger the white tiger zord i remember getting that for christmas i was in full-on Power Rangers mode for this movie. Yeah, same here. It's bringing me back. <laughs> Nostalgia memories. I loved this movie growing up. We just rewatched it last night, so mm -hmm. I felt like growing up, one thing that I did really well was balance humor for kids at that time, but also at the same time, there's a lot of pop culture things in there that I kind of didn't realize what they were saying until I watched it yesterday, mm -hmm. being a little bit more seasoned pop culture now. And one of the lines that I had completely missed that I really wish I hadn't was when Ivan first walks into the command center and he pulls out his flute and he starts destroying it. He says, oh, the things that I've missed, <laughs> the Black Plague, the Spanish Inquisition, the Brady Bunch reunion. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, that's awesome. I think that's one of the reasons why my dad liked that movie so much. I mean, to this day, like if I quote Ivan Ooze, he just cracks up. Where's my autograph book? So yeah, Ivan Ooze was totally for the parents. He was scary for the kids, 
But the pop culture references and the humor that he was saying, like, ugh, teenagers. That whole attitude, I feel, could totally relate to parents. Yeah, totally. And I was watching this yesterday, and I want to get your feedback on this. Um, The movie does establish that Ivan was... And he almost came to world power 6,000 years before the 1995 film. Mm -hmm. Would Ivan have been more of a threat back in that time or in the 90s or even today with technology the way that it is? I think they made it a point that he was pretty much a big threat 6,000 years ago. And that's why Zordon had to gather his team at the time to defeat him. I think the movie makes a good point that, yeah, he's pretty tough back then, but he might even be a pretty big threat even now. I still think Ivan Ooze is a classic villain. I wish somehow they were able to bring him into the show, but for a one-off big bad movie villain, I really think he stands the test of time. He does. He really does. And that's one thing that makes that film so great is that Paul Freeman was such a great addition to that film. But I just listened to you guys do the Boom Studios review not but a couple weeks ago. And the great thing about having that new continuity and that new freedom Mm -hmm. is that Ivan could actually show up in the comics. Which would be amazing if they did that. I don't know how much Fox still has the rights to the movie that is true because they are re-releasing a package of both movies to dvd right before this new movie comes out in fact it'll probably be already out by the time this episode releases so yeah i don't know if they could use him in the comics but you're right with the freedom that the comics are going for and the liberties that they're taking creatively i really think anything is possible for the comics Yeah, I would love to see that. He's just one villain that I've always really liked and really wish that even if they don't do him in the comics, find some way to bring him into this new movie universe that you got. Like, I understand you're just building it up and Mm -hmm. you still have other things that you want to introduce. Obviously, you fans want to see tommy oliver fans want to see zed we're getting goldar in this movie we're getting the putties we're getting rita but somewhere along the lines there's got to be fans out there that are with me that want to see ivan ooze come back to the big screen yeah that would be awesome and if this movie does well that's why i'm like go buy your tickets that's why i'm pushing it go see this movie like three times whatever you have to do i want this movie to succeed because i i want to get more because i think the buzz for it right now is is incredible and back in the day when the power rangers movie came out it was at the height of popularity they were selling out shows the toy aisles were cleared and they were able to produce a big budget movie at the time well big budget it was only 15 million the original so let's get into that a bit this movie was released june 30th 1995 on its opening weekend the film earned 13 million dollars coming in fourth behind apollo 13 and the holdovers uh, pocahontas and batman forever so that's pretty crazy that's a throwback for me right there <laughs> But ultimately, worldwide, the film grossed $66 million against a $15 million budget. Technically, it was a financial success. Right now, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie on Box Office Mojo is ranked at number 80 in the superhero genre. And it currently ranks as the highest grossing Power Rangers movie of all time. Hopefully to be upset by the new movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so too. I haven't seen any tracking reports yet for it. What would you predict that we would kind of see for the opening weekend of Power Rangers coming out? The Power Rangers movie does have a lot 
going against it coming into the end of March. The week before, I know Beauty and the Beast comes out. Logan's already out in theaters, and that film's getting rave reviews. And there's, I think, a couple other movies going against it on its actual opening weekend. So I'm hoping it at least breaks 50 to 75 million in its opening weekend. I think that would be on track to do a really good run worldwide. I'm really hoping that for once the nostalgia catches on. Just from what I've seen online, there does seem to be an overall positive buzz for the film. I know there's some real diehards out there that weren't liking originally when some things were revealed, but I'm trying to be optimistic, so I'm hopeful it will at least break 50 million. I think the budget for this is like 105 million, so obviously I wanted to break its budget. I want it to be profitable. I'm really hoping that the nostalgia really kicks in for people, but I also hope that there's teenagers that go to this too, because, you know, it is a Lionsgate film. They are trying to market it more towards that teen aspect. What do you think about that? I think that's that's probably around the right where I would say too, given the fact that you do have Logan, you look at how strong Deadpool held on last year. I right. think Logan will do the same thing this year. I don't know given the buzz around Kong Skull Island, which opens this week, but it'll already be out by the time this episode drops, and we also have Beauty and the Beast, which is getting a lot of buzz as well. So, March is just kind of really, really packed, but I would probably say right around there, because Logan opened up this weekend with, I think, 84 five million if i remember correctly right so yeah i would definitely say that but at the same time too i think that it could do more domestically i think opening weekend i feel like a property like this could do very well Mm -hmm. in in japan and china that's strange because the japanese opening for this movie isn't until june wow yeah it's like three months out but you look at the worldwide dates it seems like it's opening everywhere around the same time except for japan It's, it's super Super weird. So weird. Yeah. But I'm actually looking at MovieInsider.com, their calendar. When this episode releases on March 18th, Beauty and the Beast will open on the 17th. You got the Belko Experiment, which is horror, but it's a limited release. And also Train Spotting 2, which for me came out of nowhere. I saw that trail and I'm like, wow, I didn't even know they were making that. But on March 24th, opening with Power Rangers, you have the movie Life, which is sci-fi horror maybe the next aliens type of movie you've got the reboot of chips and that's pretty much it in terms of releasing with it march is unusually packed i've never seen a march so packed with movies Well, you look at last year, there was nothing coming out. And then Mm. you had everyone anticipating Batman versus Superman. And that was pretty much the only big movie that came out last March. Right. But this March, you have Logan, Beauty and the Beast, Power Rangers, Chips. I mean, there's there's something for everyone. The week after the Power Rangers movie, on March 31st, you have The Boss Baby opening up, Ghost in the Shell. So those are two more big movies. I really hope those don't dent the momentum that hopefully Power Rangers carries. We'll see. And I know we're talking about a lot of the current film, but it's interesting to compare to what happened before with the original movie. Originally, when the film came out, it definitely received some mixed reviews from critics. I think on Ron Tomatoes, it's pretty much a 50-50 split. So I'm hoping that this new movie does better. So here are some key reviews. Kevin Thomas of Los Angeles Times 
thought it was characterized by a barrage of spectacular special effects, a slew of fantastic monsters, a ferociously funny villain, and most important, a refreshing lack of pretentiousness. Thomas lauded director Brian Spicer for raising the quality of production values for a feature film adaptation of the TV series while maintaining a likable comic book look and sense of wonder and wholesome high school characters parents would approve of. So comparing that to what we've seen in the trailers, I think you still get that. Maybe less cartoony high school (laughs) characters and characters that are more, I guess, relatable to teens. And I think that's what Lionsgate is going for. Yeah, it definitely looks like that way, especially that first trailer that you got. And I really like that whole factor because I felt like generation that we grew up with in the 90s and the generation that is now to compare those two, it's like comparing an apple to an orange, like they're just so different. So Mm -hmm. it's nice that they're making these original, re-envisioning these characters, these beloved iconic characters with people that are in today's day and age rather than trying to bring them back to the way that they originally were. And I think in that context, see your TV show, I don't want to down the performances of the original actors, but the characters were pretty two-dimensional in the original TV show. I mean, there's only so much characterization that you can do. There's always going to be the heroic jock, the brainy guy, those tropes. When I saw that first trailer, you know, a lot of people were comparing it to The Breakfast Club in almost a derogatory way. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The Breakfast Club was for a lot of people that watched that in that generation that connected with them. Oh, it's Breakfast Club is still one of the best movies to ever have been made, despite whatever generation you're coming from. But I do. And I think that it very much shows that they know what they want. Like they have a very specific vision. They they knew that they wanted to set themselves apart from the television and do a cinematic version of the original one. I think we're going to get that. I think the way that the the Zords look, even that clip that dropped tonight, it just it looks and feels so much different than the original series. And even the way that Zordon looks or Alpha, there's so many things. Everything looks completely different. I've said this multiple times on this show, but everything's different. There's no doubt about that because a lot of people have been vocal about the designs. But for me, at least... The designs look consistent. It looks like a cohesive world. It's not like the armor looks one way and the zords look another. They all look like they're formed from the same power. It's all like organic and alien looking, which if you think about Power Rangers, Zordon was a space wizard. He was an alien. He was from another planet. And I don't think the show went into enough of that. It's just like, well, he's in a time warp and he's just a floating head, but he was an alien. And I like that the new movie is pushing that alienness even more. Yeah, that's one reason why the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is such a critical piece of the mythology because without that film, you look at the opening crawl, that kind of Star Wars feel that they have. Mm. Not only are you telling new fans that may have never seen the show before what the Power Rangers is about, but you're also bringing in old fans and telling them about the mythology that they didn't know about because of the series. And that was always something that going back and rewatching it, because as kids, you don't really care about plot points. You don't really right. care about character development. But when you're an adult and you go back and rewatch them, these things, like I've always wanted to see the scene in this where they go to Fados and they meet Dulcea for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
and she tells them about how Zordon was this great warrior and she fought alongside of him in the fight against Ivan who's like I'm like that would be so cool to get to see that mythology or get to see what if I remember the name of it of Zordon's original planet it was Eltar. Yes. I would love to see how that kind of happened or how Rita ended up in the space. Like there's there's so much mythology that you could even do from Zordon and Rita mm-hmm. and Ivan and Zed and but even before the Power Rangers. That's always something that I felt like the series lacked and I hope that you're going to get that with this new movie. Yeah, so do I because they've been teasing things with trailers and different leaks or whatnot. I know on IMDb there's some character named Abigail and she's supposed to be the original Yellow Ranger. Supposedly, they might do a flashback or at least he tells them that he was the original Red Ranger. So it's things like that where it's drawing from the mythology of the show and maybe giving us more information that we've never seen before. And I think that's a great way to just expand the universe. Yeah, for sure. And I I think that one way to think that an inexpensive way to also expand the universe is you look at, I think Star Wars is such a great example of their extended universe universe how they have all these titles done through marvel and also they have all these novels and they have all these video games that are considered canon and so i think that if you would do something on like that i'm not sure if you're aware of this or not i'm sure you probably are sure but they are doing a direct sequel that'll come out of this movie this universe it's an original graphic novel Mm -hmm. i think it's 96 pages yeah it's called aftershock Yes, and it drops the Wednesday after this movie. Yeah, that's what's interesting, because Power Rangers' (laughs) continuity has always been kind of wonky. The TV show definitely set its own continuity. This movie is actually considered a different universe than the TV show. It's a different continuity. I feel like the new movie coming out, it's doing the same thing, because it's updating those classic characters to 2017. So, of course, it's a new continuity, and... You have the show that's doing its own thing at this point. And even the Boom Studios, that's their own Boom universe. So there's three different continuities going forward at this point once the new Power Rangers movie releases. I just think that's a good thing because you can do something like Star Wars and their expanded universe where you can tell these side stories or dive deeper into one medium than the other and... You can enjoy all these stories from different perspectives. They retell classic stories, similarly to what the Star Trek movies have done, the recent Kelvin timeline. Yeah, and I I think that even doing something like a miniseries, like you said, there's a lot of anticipation for this property. Power Rangers is starting to become a buzzed about thing again in society. So I think that even if he were to do a miniseries that kind of told this war of how Rita got stuck in the the dumpster or how the original Rangers or even something that's rumored about this new movie is the whole idea that the Rita Repulsa character is a rogue Green Ranger. Right, and again, that's adding a new layer of story to the mythology of the show. Yeah, which is beautiful, by the way. I've always wondered how Zordon had these five, six powers, and then there was Rita just had this one random one chilling over here. Like, it makes sense. (laughs) Hopefully we get a little bit more into that backstory. I don't know the exact running time of the new movie coming out. I've heard anywhere between an hour and 45 minutes to two 
two hours. So we'll see what the final running time is, but hopefully they're able to do like what the original movie did. And at least in the beginning, maybe have like a flashback or a credit crawl or some kind of really cool opening. Or maybe when Zordon tells them about what a Power Ranger is, he gives them a bit of that history. Yeah, for sure. And Fandango, when I looked on there today, actually listed as two hours and four minutes. I think that's that's, a pretty solid runtime. Yeah, for sure. It's not overdoing it. It's got that nice balance. And I think that that is what we need for this, especially when you're balancing between introducing this mythology to new fans and Mm -hmm. at the same time bringing in the old fans that grew up on this source material. I think that's the challenge going into the new Power Rangers film is that they have to do that origin story to bring in all those fans. But at the same time, they have to do it different enough where the old fans can say, oh, wow, this is a really cool take of what they're doing. It's almost like making the original fans reinvested into these new characters. Yeah, it can be done. I I know it can be done Mm -hmm. because this is the example that I constantly go back to on our show is Goosebumps was one of my favorite properties growing up and it still is one of my favorite properties and Jack Black as R.L. Stein and that whole movie universe, they balanced it so well, giving fans who grew up on the series all the original characters that they loved at the same time also bringing in new people that had no idea who R.L. Stein was, who had uh, no idea who Slappy was. They balanced it so well. And even the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is another great example. Oh, it yeah. balanced it balanced everything for every generation of Turtle fans, whether you're talking original 80s comics or you're talking 90s movies or even the cartoons. They balanced it so well. It can be done. Let's hope. High hopes that we're going to get that either way. Yeah, definitely. So going back to some more original reviews, uh, Karen James of the New York Times thought that story-wise, it resembles multiple episodes of the television series strung together with slightly better special effects and that the result was a loud, headache-inducing, and boring for adults, but that children would enjoy it. She further stated that too much of its running time is spent showing the Rangers without their powers. But to me, that's showing that the Power Rangers can overcome. They can be Rangers without having the power. And that's a line that Tommy says in the movies. Like, we may not have the power, but we're still Power Rangers. Yeah, I gotta disagree, because I thought that the special effects in this, the look of the costumes, and the feel of the special effects, up until the last battle, the climax scene of this mm-hmm. film, I felt like all of them looked like improvement. It looks like they spent so much time improving the look and everything of the city for the first hour and 15 minutes of this movie that they kind of ran out of budget when it came time for the CGI for the battle scene. Yeah, and I know everyone complains about the CGI. It's super dated, even watching it today. But everything else, practical-wise, all of their practical effects were amazing. Absolutely. The the suits, the Tengu warriors, Ivan Ooze, just the makeup of him. Not only that, but they reimagined Zed and Rita and Goldar, and they made a completely new evil space alien with Mordant. So there was a lot that the Power Rangers movie did. So, you know, to say that it just had slightly better effects, well, no, you could see that it had a couple million dollars thrown at it for right. especially the practical effects. 
Now, I think this is the most harshest one of the group, and <laughs> Roger Ebert, God rest his soul. Rest but, in peace. Yeah, but he gave it only a half a star out of a possible four stars, saying that is as close as you can get to absolute nothing and still have a product to project on the screen, comparing it to synthetic foods in brightly marketed packaging with no nutritional content. He felt the characters, with the exception of Ivan Ooze, like personalities, and that the scenes of monsters rampaging through the city harken back to the worst Japanese monster films. If he didn't like a film, God rest his soul, if he did not <laughs> like a film, he tore it to shreds. Yeah. He's saying harkens back to the worst Japanese monster films. Power Rangers was born from Japanese monster films. Like, that's the yes. whole... The whole Sentai and Tokusatsu thing, that's where its roots are. So if you don't have a big monster fight at the end of your movie, you're doing it wrong when it comes to Power Rangers. Yeah, and I feel like if you don't like those kind of, or even have at least a slight appreciation for those old monster movies, that you're already kind of biased going into this movie. So I'm kind of curious if that played anything, because I know that it did for a lot of critics that had preconceived notions for Man of Steel going into that. Critics are always kind of biased, but that one is really harsh. My hope is that because this new Power Rangers movie is coming out 22 years later from when the first movie came out, that maybe there's some reviewers that are our age who grew up with the original and can maybe understand it a little bit better yeah that would be my hopes for you the listeners of ranger command power hour audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash ranger command ph again that's audibletrial.com slash ranger command ph for your free audiobook So let's talk about the original production for the Power Rangers movie. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, was the first Power Rangers feature, and up to that point, anything Power Rangers, to use 100% new and original material. There was no scenes from Sentai. Some of the designs, obviously, were carried over from Kaku Ranger for the Zords, Ju Ranger for the suits, but done in a new way. According to Paul Freeman, who played Ivan News, The movie was originally going to be done in the style of the television shows before the producers changed their minds and decided to put more resources into the production. Which is nice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Actually, at the start of filming, the Rangers did not have visors or mouth plates in the helmets. The crew felt that the total covering of the Power Rangers' faces removed any ability to express emotion. However, they realized that this was a mistake because the Power Rangers' identities were supposed to be a secret. And I don't know if you've ever seen those behind-the-scenes pictures before, but there's a few floating out there of them in the full costume with the helmets, but the helmets and mouth plates are gone. So you can see actually see their faces behind the helmets. Is that kind of like the way that it looks in the second trailer for the new one? Kind of, but just think of if you removed just the visor and the mouth plate, but you still had the other structure still in front of their faces. That's what it looked like. So it's kind of like a ski mask. In a way, yeah. But to me, that's interesting because you're right. In this second trailer, you see when they go into Zords, 
their helmets open up and we can see their full faces. I know for a lot of people, some of the hardcore fans, it was like a WTF kind of moment. But if they explain it in the movie, I mean, you're in a Zord with a full-on cockpit. Your face is going to be fine. Right. Those scenes right there and those moments could actually be something like, say, a Green Lantern which I'm not sure if you read the comic books or not, but they explain that oh, when, yeah. or when they would get a ring, they would explain the reason why they have a mask or that their eyes go a certain color when they come into contact is to hide their identities. Mm-hmm. So they're around people that they know, like say Hal Jordan might not have his mask on, say in front of Bruce Wayne or right. Barry Allen. It could be the same way here is that it lifts when they don't need it anymore. Right. Just an idea. Just as a Power Rangers fan who's always watched Power Rangers, I actually love it when they go helmetless. When they take off their helmets, they're still in suit. It's an epic moment because it doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, it connects that there's still a person, a character that's in this suit. And I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Ninja Storm, but... Even in that series, they're like visor and mouthpiece sunk back into their helmets and you could see their faces sometimes. So I actually like that they did this for the new movie. I was actually pleasantly surprised when that second trailer hit and there was a little bit more of that. I think helmetless Power Rangers are cool. It's like, look how epic we are before we have to re-suit up. Right. The movie suits in the original movie were really different. They're made of PVC, metal plating, rather than spandex. The Rangers have had extra features in their helmets that were never in the series, like that scope that Rocky had, uh, the headlights. Everything was just bulkier, more armored, and they never did this in the show with, like, the coins on the chest, but I always remember those original toy packaging. The Rangers always had, like, a symbol on their chest that it wasn't in the show, but it was all over the toys in the packaging. Those original toys. Yeah, now that you mention it, did you ever have those flip ones? Oh, yeah. And they always had those on the chest. So I never really noticed that going back and rewatching the series. But now that you're talking about it, I totally remember that now. Yeah. So that was interesting that the movie made an aspect of the toys come alive because they had those chest coins, which were cool because they switched. They had their original in the first fight. And then when they got their ninjetti powers, it had the ninja animals. So I always thought that was really cool. I really dug those coins on the chest. Another interesting tidbit was that episodes of the TV show were shot at the same time as the movie. Most notably, The Wedding, where the Rangers went to vacation in Australia. (laughs) They definitely took advantage of the Australian location. It does make sense because I think that that's something that you do have to balance because you still have a TV show to make. (laughs) Right, exactly. The other option that they could have done is that they could have done what the X-Files did and could have filmed all the seasons and then spent the summer working on the movie Mm -hmm. and then go back. You go back to the next season. But the difference between doing a property like that is that you're looking at a season that only has 20 to 22 episodes at most, whereas Power Rangers, especially the Mighty Morphin era you had the first season was 60 episodes 60 episodes the next one was 52 and then you had it the third one was 30 or 35 Mm -hmm. so you definitely still have to keep them churning out so something like that they needed to take advantage of that (laughs) exactly 
Interestingly enough, Catherine Sutherland originally auditioned for the part of Dulcia, but she was turned down because the producers felt that she was too young for the part. However, she would later be cast on the TV series' third season as Catherine, and would take over the role of the Pink Ranger when actress Amy Jo Johnson left the show. I never understood the whole look of Dulcia. I always felt, this is a kid's movie. <laughs> Dude, that was totally for the dads in the audience. Taking yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Johnny Umbosch performed a lot of his own stunts for the movie, including the morphed fighting scenes. His stuntman was injured at the time and was unable to work on the film, and Bosch accepted their offer to replace him. Jason David Frank also did many of his own stunts. Word, that's pretty impressive. That's really impressive, especially considering some of those fights, like when they're at the Temple of Power and they're fighting those stone gargoyles. A lot of that fight was cool. I really enjoyed the fight between that and kind of the Jurassic Park moments. I just thought that the entire island of Phaedos I just thought was such a, a great sequence in mm-hmm. this film and it just brought so much depth to the mythology. I won't say to the character development because they went there for a purpose, that purpose right. happened <laughs> but it overall I mean it did very well it, it set out to deepen the mythology and it did it and that was what was cool about the Power Rangers movie which we later saw in other seasons Power Rangers has always been more intergalactic type of sci-fi early on they established that they're dealing with aliens and you got a season like in space where they completely went into space and they were going to all these other planets so I think the Power Rangers movie set a good precedence early on that there was this much bigger universe in Power Rangers and that there could be other Rangers out there. Yeah, then you start getting into the theory of, is there a multiverse of Power Rangers? Which, like we said earlier, now you've got these different continuities going. The possibilities are endless with the Boom Studios, this new movie, and the TV show. So, in a world, somewhere in the Power Rangers multiverse, Ivan Ooze still lives and is unegged and is (laughs) wreaking havoc as we are recording this. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So, in one of the early drafts of the script, the Rangers were supposed to fight giant rat monsters that Ivan Ooze created, but because the suits did not work well enough and looked too low budget for the movie, the rat monsters were instead replaced by the ooze creatures that Ivan creates in the film. However, the rat creature suits did not go to waste. They would later appear in the Return of the Green Ranger storyline in the TV show. Kind of glad that got next. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's again that pop culture reference because they already made one princess bride <laughs> and they're like well we uh we threw the inconceivable line in here so uh let's throw the rodents of unusual size in here as well <laughs> i did not think about that but that's a good point <laughs> Also, interestingly enough, this marks the first time that blood is seen in Power Rangers. So when they first approach the stone gargoyles, one of them slashes at Tommy with his blades, cuts through his outfit, and you can faintly see, and I say, I stress faintly because I just watched, I rewatched this earlier tonight, and it's literally a blink and you miss it moment. Tommy does have, you can see two bloody cuts under his suit, but because the Ninjetti suits were so baggy, you barely saw that because the crew didn't want to show them fully because parents were already upset enough about the violence shown on the television series. And that's what you alluded to. It was a bad influence on kids. Kids were like, 
kicking and punching and doing all sorts of things so yeah and i do remember like back in the day there was concerns about the violence of power rangers and parents were getting up in arms and calling for the show to be less violent i guess i don't understand it i mean half the crap of the generation before us grew up on with tom and jerry and looney tunes i mean those are some violent cartoons oh yeah for sure call it for what it is (laughs) and because this is live action people think oh i gotta imitate this I'm pretty sure that someone... Uh, did you ever hear the George Reeves story of the... Uh, he made this appearance at this kid's birthday party, and this kid actually took his dad's gun, walked up to the actor, oh, believing geez. he was Superman, and pulled back the trigger and was getting ready to fire it at him. And the article that I've read, actually it was in Hollywood Land, Reeves did quick thinking and said, you don't want to do that because it might bounce off of me, but it's going to hit one of these other people here. Mm. So it doesn't matter what kind of thing. Violence is going to be violence. And right. different and generations have had different versions of violence. Exactly. That's a great point. Even TV shows today, it still happens. Even Power Rangers recent seasons, they've really cut back on some of the more direct hits. Like you always see a cut of them blocking with their arms. Like it never connects with their face or major body parts at all. Even the fighting in the current show is affected by parents groups and violence concerns. Which I understand, but it's kind of sad at the same time. Yeah, I am looking forward to the new movie because there's that one moment in the second trailer where you see Billy, the Blue Ranger, doing that multi-kick at a putty. Oh, yeah! That moment, I was just like, hmm, that fighting looks really good. I want more of that. (laughs) Yes, and RJ Cycler, uh, he's such a talented actor. He's one of the biggest reasons I anticipate this movie, not because I'm a Power Ranger fan, but because I really enjoyed just his performance in a little indie movie he did a couple years ago called Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. It was phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. But he just does such great versatile as an actor. And he seems like he's going to be a little bit of the punchline in this film, which I'm interested in seeing him as a different side. I'm definitely interested in seeing how they handle Billy because they make him seem like he might have Asperger's or some kind of autism where he's a little bit more maybe like a high functioning autism where he's smart but very organized and there's that one part in the first trailer where you know he's meticulously organizing all of his pencils and stuff so I'm really interested to see the evolution of his character in this new movie yeah same here I'm interested in seeing kind of the the new take that they'll do with it too like we had said Mm -hmm. different generations so we're gonna switch to the continuity and we're touching upon this a little bit earlier in the show but this movie does take place in an alternate timeline than the original show there are numerous differences as much as possible the film allows the viewer to jump off established continuity from the tv show story-wise so the movie kind of follows a continuation of season two it continues from season two of the show but it creates its own continuation and then once season three of power rangers started then they have to retell the tv show version of how they they got the ninjetti powers so in the tv show you know you've got ninjor which wasn't even seen in the movie at all so you had a four-part episode called ninja quest and really the only similarities were that the command center was destroyed but zordon was never in danger and the one who gave them their powers was ninjor and dulcia from the movie never even appears in the show or is even referenced i thought that was kind of interesting that the movie struck to do its own 
thing, and then the TV show did their own version of it with the same characters. Yeah, that's always bothered me when TV shows do movies that are big screen adaptations that they never mention ever these big screen outings. The Simpsons mm-hmm. didn't do it. The Power Rangers didn't do it. Going back again, what I said, X-Files. X-Files did it, and X-Files did it brilliantly and mm-hmm. graciously. So I'm just I'm happy now that <laughs> we're getting a cinematic universe that's all its own. It's starting on its own legs. Yep. Let it go free. Something that we never saw in the television show but was in the movie, Kimberly's pterodactyl thunder whip and Billy's stega stinger, which was basically just a taser. And then also the rangers morphed in a different order than the TV show's morphing sequence. Tommy also used the morphing call White Tiger instead of Tiger Zord. So subtle differences. Obviously, they had to make it different enough from the television show for it to stand on its own. That's why I'm so glad that the new movie takes these chances and pushes the suits even more. Yeah. So I want to ask one question, kind of talking about continuity. What is one character, one thing from this film that you wish would have came back into the mythology and of the television show? Oh, wow. From the original movie. Wow, that's a tough question. (laughs) Um, I actually wish that from the TV show, I wish some of the designs carried over And I mentioned this when my co-host Zach and I did the original Power Rangers movie commentary that I wish they kept Goldar's new look. Yeah. Maybe do some hand-wavy explanation in the show, whatever. He receives an upgrade or he evolves in some fashion. But that updated Goldar suit was so phenomenal and... You can tell in the original show, by the third season, that suit is falling apart. The animatronics on his face just aren't working anymore. And the movie, it's like you spent a $15 million budget. Why don't you slowly bring some of those aspects into the show? The Tengu Warriors become the Tenga Warriors in the television show. So they did use those suits, but I wish they used more of like the movie monster suits. I wish they introduced Mordant into the television show, made him more of a slapsticky character, and kept Goldar more badass with his new look from the movie. Or even Zed, maybe Zed gets struck by lightning or gets an upgrade or something, and all of a sudden you got this more armored Zed. If anything, I wish they brought some of the movie monsters into the show. Yeah, for sure. I think that it would have been cool to, even if it was for like a sequence, I think that having Zordon being stripped of his power, Mm. I just thought that bringing him and making him human or alien or just showing him in a humanoid form for even like a flashback of training the rangers i think that would have been a really epic moment to have and i'm sad we'll never get to see it well yeah 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 who who knows what this new movie's gonna do (laughs) especially with having someone like brian cranston i mean if they do a sequel or even in this movie i hope we get some kind of flashback to zordon in his humanoid form He's alluded to it, so it's it's very yeah, well possible. Yeah, I'm just really interested in what they do. But yeah, the original Power Rangers movie, they did take a lot of chances. I just wish more of that movie universe budget kind of made it back into the show a little bit. <laughs> 
it is weird because you did spend all that money for that. Fox at that time still owned the rights to it. So, I mean, I don't understand why you didn't just graze it on over, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was the TV show is still airing on Fox Kids. It's not like it was a completely different entity. It was still Saban Entertainment. Yeah, kind of weird. But... Overall, several visual differences and some story elements that were different. Something that the movie did, which the television series didn't, was the movie made several blatant references to death, murder, you know, our parents are going to die or we'll kill the rangers or whatever. So normally Saban shied away from that kind of wording, especially because the Power Rangers was a kid's television show. So, yeah. yeah, the movie can take some chances, especially with this new movie being PG-13. I think we're going to get not grim, dark, gritty, like the Power Slash Rangers thing that came out a couple of years ago, but at least it'll be a little bit more mature. I guess. Yeah, I think a great comparison to do would be you look at what the 70s Christopher Reeves Superman did for that character, and then you look at what the Henry Cavill Superman did for that character. I think that the Man of Steel wasn't overly dark, but it was kind of a grim, more realistic approach on what would happen if this character showed up in our world. And I definitely think that that's the way it looks now with this new Power Rangers. It it looks like it's going to be that same similarities and that same kind of tone. Yeah, and maybe some of the original critics of the first Power Rangers movie where you know they talk about that campy comic book feel maybe this new movie strips away some of that and explores these characters a bit more I think that's the impression that I'm getting from all the trailers is that the new movie yes it's a little bit more grounded these are teenagers that are dealing with real issues but at the same time you have that natural humor that we've seen a few times in these trailers legitimate laugh out loud moments yeah oh man i'm I'm so ready for it so oh yeah i am too it on. so josh i want to thank you so much for being on the show today it's a blast having you on and i'm excited to record on your show for part two of our crossover yeah so like i said we are a suicide prevention nerd news podcast and we deal very heavily with nerd culture and with hope and so we thought what a better way for our portion of the crossover than to talk about the themes and memories for the white light story arc and at the same time expectations for the film so you guys can catch that on our channel victimsandvillains.net we're also on google play itunes and stitcher and you guys can check that out when that drops march 24th awesome so right when the movie comes out (laughs) you can get another great episode so thank you so much josh for being on the show it's been a blast awesome to have you on and i hope you come back in the future Hey, I always am down to come back, man. All I, right. I love talking Power Rangers. It's a great part of my childhood, man. So just hit me up anytime you want me back on. Definitely, for sure. We'll do that. So, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at Ranger Command DX. That's our new account. And we also have our Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour, all one word. Check us out there. Check out the Victims and Villains podcast. We'll have all the links to the content in our show notes. And we'll also have a link to part two of the crossover when that goes live. So, Josh, thanks once again. And may the power protect you. Yes. <laughs> Cue the end. Yeah. <laughs>
You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you are listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks 